You are listening to Rec Talks, a podcast about recruitment and related topics. Here we interview some of the sharpest, most knowledgeable and inspiring people in the industry. Short, concise and fun. Rec Talks is hosted by Radin Goldrock, who has extensive experience from the recruitment and consulting industries. The podcast is produced by RefUp, the market leader in digital reference checking. Welcome to Rec Talks. Hi, this is Rec Talks. I'm Rodin Goldrock, and today I have the extreme privilege to welcome my colleague and the Chief Strategy Officer at RefUp. Welcome, Amira. Thank you, Rodin. Thank you. So, finally, I get to sit down with our very own Amira Bloomberg. Amira, what are we going to discuss today? Today, we are going to talk about performance and uh, what performance actually is and uh, how we can measure performance or rather how we can optimize the recruitment process uh, in order to uh, predict uh, future performance. Yeah. So this is something that I think is is something that's being very exposed. Uh, I think that all types of different types of of vendors and recruitment partners are trying to have their say on what is performance, how can you measure it, what types of process steps should we have. Mm. So I think this is something that's been dis- being discussed very often and something that I hear from, from uh, my customers and other people that I discuss within the industry is that there's, there seems to be a lot of different uh, sources of information and these don't always correlate with each other. Mm. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's because it's a, uh, it's a complex question to actually answer. Yeah. It used to be a quite uh, simple question to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, that transformation from simple to very uh, fuzzy, fluffy is what uh, makes us struggle uh, in our recruitment processes. Uh, that, um, I mean, it's not that long ago that performance was more visible and uh, easily, uh, ob- more easy to observe, really. Yeah. Uh, you could easily tell when the job was done uh, and when someone actually performed. Um, But you can't really anymore, uh, or it's harder at least. Uh, In some occupations, of course, like um, within sales, uh, it's very KPI-driven profession. Uh, So um, you, you often find these kinds of performance metrics more easily in those kinds of of professions. But I mean, uh, when it comes to a leader, for example, I mean, uh, what is performance? What does good look like in different contexts or um, an HR professional? uh, What is performance there? What does good look like? So I think, you know, that's the question we need to answer before we we start uh, to evaluate (laughs) someone. it's the job analysis, basically. And we should always start with that question. What, what does good look like? And that's a very big question. I know that you've been, you've been in the talent space for a very long time. And I think that during that, that, that time, there's been uh, maybe a few different paradigms. Um, mm. But also, like, in, in today's market, who is the one who has the privilege of deciding what, what's, what is good or what's good enough for different types of, of roles and, and who gets to decide these types of issues is it is it is it us is it the line manager is it hr Mm. who like where do you start and where do you end with this kind of stuff 
Yeah, and that's a really good question. I mean, I, uh, some companies uh, are, you know, taking this, of course, really seriously and, mm -hmm. and uh, have an ambitions, uh, an ambitious structure for, for, for example, role families or, or uh, job uh, profiling uh, within um, uh, within the company. I mean that it's already decided. Uh, what good actually looks like uh, by you know uh, using certain criteria and so on. So, um, but for for some TA persons, I guess that they have to start with that uh, together with the hiring manager to yep. to actually define that because nobody did define it. Uh, so. Uh, I think that's pretty common, you know, that you need to just start with that. Um, and, and then it's a tough question to answer because everything should be put in a context as well, of course. Uh, so, uh, uh, but nonetheless, I think, you know, what it all, uh, what, what I, I've seen when it comes to defining what good looks like, that we move towards more behaviors and skills that we use, you know, behaviors and skills to define what good looks like. And before uh, we used like knowledge or experience or um, uh, other kinds of uh, metrics. Five years experience of. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Because uh, I mean, sometimes, of course, it's really, really important with experience. Uh, it could be, uh, but, but it's seldom, uh, you know, the definition or it's seldom uh, what good looks like to have a number of years of experience within a certain field. It's more like uh, what are you able to display in terms of behaviors and skills uh, related to this area rather than the years of experience. Yeah. So if, if obviously, obviously, as you said, like, things can differ in different contexts, but just to give a few general guidelines. Mm. How, do we, how do we go about to assess? I mean, it's not very tangible stuff, is it? Like words like behavior, skills. What is a behavior? What is a skill? How do you measure that? And how do you know beforehand which skill and which behavior has what correlation towards which uh, and, and, uh, and product? Mm. No, and it, it, it is it is a tough nut to crack, of course, and um, sometimes uh, it again it will be easier to to evaluate uh, if the person has the skills necessary for for performing in, in the certain position or not. Uh, so then you can have some kind of skills based assessment or something yeah. like that. But uh, let's say that we start with defining then the behaviors and skills. Uh, then we know that there are uh, certain elements that will affect how we behave and how we're able to display uh, our skills. So we know that we will need uh, to take into consideration knowledge, experience, uh, personality, cognitive ability, and also uh, drivers and needs uh, in order to actually uh, be able to say something about future behavior and the ability to be, to display the skills uh, necessary in that position. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, there's a variety of methods 
uh, for evaluating this. And I think also that's what we see now, that all these, the, these methods that we have been using, like uh, uh, the interview and the resume screening or the uh, cover letter or uh, assessments, uh, the reference checking even, of course, uh, everything is being questioned. Uh, does this actually provide uh, us with the data that we need? Uh, is it valuable data to us uh, or not? Um, and I think that's good. I think it's really, really good that we question our methods and not just continue to do stuff by habit. Yeah. And how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we question these methods? Like in a, in, in a way that's constructive. Like when just like going on on LinkedIn, there might be a, a post where people like there might be a question about about reference checking or mm. or or cognitive tests or whatever. And just you know seeing the seeing what people comment, people who are like very experienced, very knowledgeable within the TA realm. Like you get all types of pros and cons, and and, and it's like it's very divided. No, almost no matter what the topic is. Mm. So how do we go about assessing or picking what methods seem like the, the better ones? Mm. That's also a really good question. And I think, you know, we can't isolate it to the method. We need to think about the uh, types of data that yeah. we're collecting. Uh, and we also need to think about the data source. Mm -hmm. So there are three things that we need to take into consideration. It's the method, it's the type of data, and it's the source. Uh, and to just say uh, that uh, resumes, for example, are worthless. Yeah. Let's uh, just throw them in the trash, we don't need them anymore. Well, that's partly true, uh, it could, or it could be, but still, uh, there's no... Uh, it's not... Um, necessarily irrelevant data in the CV or in the resume. Uh, it could be highly relevant data. The problem is with the, uh, the CV and that method is that it contains both relevant data and irrelevant data in the same collection method. Yeah. Uh, and also that the source is the candidate, of course. So this is what we need to take into consideration. The limitations of, of that, but also the the possibilities that we have. So uh, if we take the resume and we just throw it away, then we need to replace it with something. <laughs> Otherwise, if we just keep taking stuff away and not replacing them with something else, then of course we, we will end up with, uh, us, you know, with the gut feeling again and the handshake and... Uh, or maybe it's just chance. And the, or the chance, exactly. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, it's not that easy just to say this doesn't work, throw it away. Also with reference checking, like, um, of course, reference checking as a process step can be uh, a bad data collection method if you do it poorly, if you execute it poorly. And that goes for all our recruitment methods, the interview, uh, assessments, uh, everything. Yeah, agreed. So how do we find out like what data to start with, like because and the sources? Yeah. And what data to start with, it will differ, of course, from position to position. Uh, and I also think uh, sometimes maybe it's irrele irrelevant what we start with. Yeah. It's only relevant what we start with if we have the screening logic in the process. 
And uh, that's also something that I think we need to really understand that uh, screening uh, is not necessary in all recruitment processes. Because if you have a limited number of candidates, you could just as easily or you should uh, rather look at it as a whole. You should look at the candidate data uh, in full and then uh, make the uh, comparison uh, with the job profile uh, and make your decision uh, on your whole data set rather than at making the decision too early, screening out too early on the wrong basis. Um, and I think that you know, screening is, is really efficient and scalable but it's for volume. Uh, yeah. So could you maybe start with like reverse engineering the process, like starting with what type of result do I want, mm. and then trying to like figure out what makes you end up with that result? Could that be a way? Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I think you know, uh, different positions again, uh, or what good looks like with, will differ. So yeah. it's not one size fits all. Yeah. Sometimes knowledge will be super important and maybe you need to start with that if you need to start with something. And sometimes uh, uh, potential uh, is more important and then uh, you need to start with that. But uh, you, you should, uh, you should uh, take both knowledge and potential into consideration uh, for most professions, I would uh, argue. Um, like potential, experience, knowledge. Uh, and also drivers and needs. Yeah. Um, but how you then uh, weight this kind of information, that will be dependent on, on, the, on the, the job, of yeah. course. I think just to this point, we've been discussing it uh, a lot uh, from the employer's point of view, like uh, what result do you want? How do you, how do you go about to, uh, to finding that? But I think that there's also something to be said about the candidate's point of view. Mm that we could obviously fill our process with steps and methods and measure tiny increments and what have you. But shouldn't there be something said about the candidate journey? Like, shouldn't that be something that's not too um, ob obtrusive or mm. too un unpleasant? Like, how do we go about and how important is it mm. to weigh up the, the relevant methods with having methods that meanwhile are um, nice on the eye or what have you for the candidate. Mm. Yeah, so, so uh, talent shortage or skill shortage is of course something that we need to take into consideration. And candidate experience is of course, uh, or employer branding I would say, is of course like uh, uh, you will you will need to think about it uh, if you if you want to be able to to fill your positions, of course, uh, and then how much you need to think about it. I think also differs, uh, and I think even here it's not one size fits all. And uh, also, candidate experience is easier to have. Con it's easier to take control of a candidate experience in a smaller context. I mean, if you have fewer candidates and if you uh, are able to, to uh, uh, meet them in person, all of them, and create that kind of experience, really. But most often you don't have that time uh, or that uh, possibility. Uh, so then you need to make candidate experience scalable. Yep. And that's, uh, that's a tough one to, to, to crack as well. 
but I think uh, you will come a long way with transparency uh, because the candidate will always feel that uh, this is a hard process on them, of course. They are being evaluated for a position. And I think, you know, showing respect uh, for that and be transparent about what you do and why you do it uh, at all times, I think that will take you far. Um, but I've also seen it, uh, you know, being taken too far sometimes. Uh, like candidate experience being uh, almost the objective itself. And still, we are trying to fill a position and we are trying to, uh, to get the best person for the job. Yeah. And that will mean that some people will be uh, screened out. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I think just, you know, to show respect for that and that it's hard uh, for them. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So going back to the data points, you were discussing like how to measure it and mm. also what sources you have. Like me working with recruitment, like normally it's the candidate source. Mm. Are there any other types of sources to be in, taken into consideration? Yeah, but of course, yeah, they are um, these kind of, of course, uh, records that we rely on yeah. uh, and uh, uh, schools, uh, grades from schools, uh, different kinds of, of, of schools or, or um, universities and so on. Um, but then we also have this, uh, what we are working with, the third party data, right? Yeah. So, and that's why we believe that, that reference checking is such an underused process step. Uh, in a recruitment process because this is actually the only place in the recruitment process where you get data from someone else than the candidate. Uh, and I think that's also really you know, uh, relevant to consider uh, when designing your process or designing uh, your collection methods. Uh, but let me just play the devil's advocate. Isn't that like the most subjective data source of them all? Like you get to choose all your friends and pals and they can have a say of your of of uh, of your of your attributes as a person is that of any use whatsoever right and uh, there will always be subjectivity of course when we all involve uh, people uh, but i mean um the candidate him or herself is you know the most subjective uh, person of them all because he or she of course will want to get the job uh, and um will provide you with information and with data in an interview, for example, uh, with, with this in mind, of course. Um, so I think, you know, the most biased of them all is the candidate, of course. Um, and I think just being able to, uh, to verify or add uh, data uh, from a reference perspective, a third party perspective, will provide you with, with another, yeah, another perspective. Uh, and I can't think of any other process, evaluation process, where we just trust one data source like that for other, I mean, look, for example, in Airbnb, uh, do you trust uh, the, the person that uh, described uh, his or her uh, house uh, or do you trust the, the people who actually uh, was in the house and uh, uh, got to experience living in this house? And by that, I don't mean don't trust the candidate. That's not what I'm saying. But I think, you know, sometimes also to, to, to get that information from someone that actually observed this candidate 
that's data that the candidate will never be able to provide uh, him or herself. Yeah, that's excellent insight. So you know that the format of Rec Talks is short, concise, and uh, and to the point. So I think that we've we've touched on a lot of different parts, everything from data points, data sources, um, candidate utility, candidate friendliness. Uh, to just summarize in, in a way for talent acquisition, people out there for, uh, for um, leaders and so forth, like if you would to, to summarize your message or a message, what, what would that be? Yeah, okay. So in the camera, all right. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> okay. So always start with what good. Stay in school. <laughs> No, but always start with what does good look like? Yeah. Uh, so if it hasn't been defined already, you need to start by defining that, of yeah. course. And then by all means, question the methods, but don't forget to also uh, take into consideration what kind of data source we're working with and what data type, what kind of data. Is it uh, data about knowledge, experience, potential uh, drivers and so on? Um, so I would say that start with good, what good looks like, uh, the method, the uh, type of data and the source. Excellent. Thank you for, for being on Rec Talks, Amira. Thank you, Radian. It was Excellent. my pleasure. <laughs> you have been listening to Rec Talks with Radin Goldrock, a podcast produced by RefUp. If you want to get in touch with us, email info at refup.se. Thank you.